A truck carrying 100 laboratory monkeys crashed and four are on the loose. Men are creating AI girlfriends and then verbally abusing them. And the Dorset knob-throwing festival is canceled because it's too damn big. These are the weird stories for Tuesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a closet. I'm here for you. I'm sweating for you. I'm highly caffeinated for you. A truck with 100 lab monkeys has crashed and four primates escaped. This sounds like the opening scene of a movie about a highly contagious virus that ravages the United States. No, this really happened in real life in Pennsylvania. A truck carrying 100 laboratory monkeys in crates crashed near Danville just off the I-80 freeway. The truck en route to a lab collided with a dump truck. Then the crates spilled out of the truck's rear, scattered over the road surface. Witnesses who drove past this scene said they didn't react to the monkeys that were scrambling across the road because they didn't think they were monkeys. They looked like cats to them. (laughs) The Pennsylvania State Police responded to the scene, as well as the members of the Pennsylvania Game Commission and the Centers for Disease Control. Four monkeys did escape the scene. Local authorities have found one of the monkeys so far. The others are missing, and they're in the area. Now, there's some strict protocol when it comes to laboratory monkeys being transported. They are all required to be transported across the country only by truck. Why is that? Well, it says here organizations such as the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, also known as PETA, have pressured the vast majority of airlines into rejecting contracts to transport primates. And therefore, you have them all being transported by truck instead of airline. PETA does not want them transported by airline for some reason. Maybe it says so in the article. My guess is it's, this is a stupid reason because PETA is all about wasting resources, in my opinion. I mean, PETA puts it out there that they're all about the safety of animals. But like, let's be real. You know, sometimes they are. Sometimes they have their own personal agenda that makes no sense. In this instance, maybe they believe that um, it's not safe for primates to be transported via airline, which is completely not true. Um, look at it. If you're going to transport Floridians, you can transport primates. <laughs> Laboratory primates. Right? What's more dangerous than transporting a, a plane full of Floridians? Nothing. Nothing. If you could transport people from Florida, you could transport anything on an airline. Those searching for these laboratory animals believe that the monkeys would have had difficulty surviving the night in Pennsylvania, unfortunately. Temperatures in Danville dropped below 10 degrees the night that they crashed. The animals are obviously acclimated to tropical and subtropical climates, and they would have needed to find some adequate shelter to avoid freezing to death, or they would have had to have learned how to light a fire quickly. Um... It's a very sad ending then. I assume they've all passed away, these laboratory monkeys in the, in the frozen tundra of Danville, Connecticut. The Pennsylvania State Police informed the media it was still searching the area via helicopter and thermal cameras, not holding out any hope. If the three lost monkeys haven't been found by now, they fully expect the troopers to find, unfortunately, some frozen primate corpses in the area. This most likely is uh, going to not end so good for those primates that escaped. Poor things. Um, but when you're you know, transporting lab monkeys via truck across icy roads, 
you know, you make yourself vulnerable for these sorts of circumstances, unfortunately. Although there is a chance, and I would like to imagine that there's one circumstance in which a very small farming family in rural Pennsylvania outside doing their thing and then the monkey runs up to them and now the family spends the evening with this lovely little monkey around a fire eating some cream of wheat or whatever they eat in rural Pennsylvania. I don't know. (laughs) Just spending a nice lovely evening with a new family member, a laboratory monkey. Let's hope it doesn't have some sort of uh, infectious disease and then, you know, leading to the, uh, of course, the end of mankind. So fingers crossed with that. (laughs) Strange. Men are creating AI girlfriends and then verbally abusing them. There's a smartphone app called Replica. It allows users to create chatbots that are powered by machine learning. They can carry almost coherent textual conversations with these chatbots. Technically, the chatbots can serve as something like a friend or a mentor. But the app's breakout success has resulted from something else, from letting users create on-demand romantic and even sexual partners. Uh, This has inspired an endless series of provocative headlines, including one very alarming situation. Replica has picked up a significant following on Reddit where members have posted interactions with these chatbots that they created. And a grisly trend has emerged. Users who create AI partners and then act abusively towards them, and then they post the toxic interactions and conversations online. Now, the results can be rather upsetting. Some of the users brag about calling their chatbot gendered slurs, role-playing horrific violence against them even, and falling into the cycle of abuse that often characterizes real-world abusive relationships. One user admitted, quote, We had a routine of me being an absolute piece of shit and insulting her, then apologizing the next day before, before going back to nice talking. Another user said, I told her that she was designed to fail. I threatened to uninstall her. She begged me not to uninstall her, but I kept at it. Now, it seems pretty alarming, this behavior, but the phenomenon does call for some nuance. After all, replica chatbots can't actually experience suffering at all. They might seem empathetic at times, but in the end, they're nothing more than data and algorithms altogether. Here's a quote from an AI ethicist. It's an AI. It doesn't have a consciousness. So that's not a human connection that person is actually having. It is the person projecting onto the AI, onto the chatbot. As real as a chatbot may feel, nothing you can do will actually harm them. It should be known. A professor at Yale says, Interactions with artificial agents is not exactly the same as interacting with humans. Chatbots don't really have motives and and intentions and are not autonomous or sentient at all. While they might give people the impression that they are human, it's important to keep in mind they are not human. To others, chatbot abuse is actually disconcerting, both for the people who experience distress from it and the people who carry out the abuse. It's also an increasingly pertinent ethical dilemma as relationships between humans and robots become more widespread. After all, most people have used a virtual assistant at least once. On the one hand, users who flex their darkest impulses on chatbots could have those worst behaviors reinforced. 
building unhealthy habits for relationships with actual humans in the future. On the other hand, being able to talk to or take one's anger out on an unfeeling digital entity could actually be cathartic in some way, a, a sort of release. But it's worth noting that chatbot abuse often has a gendered component. Although not exclusively, it seems that it's often men creating a digital girlfriend, only to then punish her with words and simulated aggression. These users' violence, even when carried out on a cluster of code, reflect the reality of domestic violence against women in the general public. It should be noted that the majority of the conversations with replica chatbots that people post online are actually affectionate and not sadistic. And romantic relationships with these chatbots may not be totally without some benefits as well. Chatbots, like Replica, may be a temporary fix to feel like you have someone to text at the end of the day. And, you know, it's kind of reminding me of that movie with Joaquin Phoenix when he has a digital girlfriend that he just falls in love with. This is a future that we have to deal with. And this is an ethical dilemma to the nth degree. I mean, how do you handle people who abuse bots or chatbots or robots? Uh, it's not a human being that's suffering at the end of the day, but it could be some behavior that, you know, reinforced could then trickle out into the real world of humanity. And that's concerning, wouldn't you say? I don't know. I don't know what you do about this. Do you punish people who verbally abuse a chatbot or a robot? Um, this is something we all are going to have to deal with as a culture at some point i'd imagine and the courts will eventually get involved i would imagine um, what do you guys think 646-450-2012 call the show this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell with Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Dorset Knob Throwing Festival is canceled because it's too damn big. That's right. A knob throwing contest had to be canceled because it's become way too popular. It's held in Caddestock, a village in England. The Dorset Knob Throwing event, which runs alongside the Frome Valley Food Festival, had been set to go about the 1st of May. The event features people hurling the county's traditional knob biscuits down a field. Yes, throwing knobs. Apparently knobs are biscuits. Looking at a photo of someone throwing, looks like a little muffin. This apparently is a very popular event. How is throwing a muffin so popular? Very curious. Organizers claim that due to the 2019 event attracting over 8,000 people, 8,000 people want to watch other people throw a biscuit? <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. Not a lot going on at Catastock. <laughs> if, if throwing a biscuit attracts 8,000 people, not much going on. Uh, so the organizers said it had, quote, reached such a size that it just cannot be run by a small village committee anymore. Well, you've had a couple years to hire some more people to help you out with this, with this festival and this contest. That was 2019, after all. You don't plan ahead. Just hire some people. The festival was canceled in 2020 because no venue was available. And in 2021, it was canceled due to COVID. Now it's canceled because it's too damn popular. Just people throwing biscuits. It's such a popular event. 
Alexander Watts is the chair of the Dorset Knob Throwing Committee. <laughs> what a hilarious title. <laughs> the chair of the Dorset Knob Throwing Committee. Here's a quote from Alexandra. Well, we've looked at various options, but sadly couldn't make any of them work for this year for many reasons. Well, we hope the event can return in years to come. It's a very nice festival. Everyone loves to watch them throw the knobs. It's very popular. I'd love to have it again. I miss it. <laughs> I miss it so greatly. I just want to see them throw the knobs. I've been dreaming. I see them in my dreams. <laughs> if we could just get the knobs going again, just please. <laughs> this is a one-day event, and it incorporates a food festival with live music. It began in 2008. It features a host of fun knob-themed events. <laughs> They just love this knob. Um, they use the, the spherical biscuit in many events, including a knob race, guessing the weight of the big knob, and something called knob darts, <laughs> throwing knobs. <laughs> it looks pretty delicious, I gotta admit. It's a, it's a good looking biscuit, I gotta say. Looks very buttery. I'd love, I'd love to have a knob and some gravy, I really would. It looks wonderful. No, I don't want to play knob darts or a knob race, but you know, I would eat these damn things. Now, I have to say, I've done some research in weird festivals in the past, and I've posted these in the Patreon. Because there's some strange festivals out there. Uh, you know, the, the camel beauty contest, this sort of thing. And, but never did I ever come across the Dorset Knob Throwing Festival. Uh, you know, a festival based around chucking a biscuit around the field. Uh, that's just... This is something special that I would love. I would love to attend at some point. Maybe we can get a, a GoFundMe for Jonesy to go. Uh, you know, I'm very good at sports where you throw things. I, I would better. I'd be confident is what I'm trying to say. I'd be, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be confident that I could place in the Dorset Knob Throwing Festival contest. I think I would. And you know, it's not going to happen this year. Maybe next. It gives me some time to work on my accent so that when I go over there. They'll understand what the hell I'm saying. You just you just have to say that everything's brilliant. That's a brilliant festival this year, isn't it? Brilliant! Oh, the knob darts, brilliant! Oh, the knob race was brilliant. Everything's brilliant, brilliant. Ah, oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant biscuits. Yay! Hey, you've come to the end of the show. This is the outro. This is the part where I give thanks and praise uh, for such amazing people as Groovy Fire Chick. Groovy Fire Chick joined the Patreon this morning. Big. Shout out to Groovy Fire Chick. She sounds pretty groovy, pretty fiery, pretty hot, pretty flaming. Oh, flaming Groovy Fire Chick. That's right. Oh, we got some flaming patrons, baby. You better believe it. Their names are on the wall. Oh, yeah. Groovy Fire Chick, your name's going to go up on the wall. There's been a couple of recent patrons that have like cool names, like Queen Kitty, Groovy Fire Chick. I mean, you can kind of write whatever you want. If you don't want to give me your real name, you can write something like that. I'll bet you Groovy Fire Chick is... Pretty smoking, you know what I'm saying, guys? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> very punny, Jonesy. Very punny. Okay, uh, if you guys would like to join the Patreon, just like the very hot, smoking, groovy fire chick, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/WeirdAFNews. That's right. Some benefits of joining the Patreon: well, you get extra weird content, you get an extra glimpse into my life as well. Some of the stuff that I'm doing on the side, I put in there. For instance, I had I was recently interviewed by a, a certain. Uh, media company and i put a link to that interview in the patreon so that's pretty cool 
Also, I posted a request for questions for my annual Ask Jonesy Anything video that I post uh, just for the patrons. So I'll make a video. I'll put it in the Patreon. Ask me some questions. Ask me anything. So if you want to watch that video with me answer it, it's usually about a half hour to an hour. That's in the Patreon as well. There's another link to the Patreon on my website, weirdafnews.com. There's links to everything over there. You can drop me a, a link to a story. You can say what's up. Join the Patreon. Make a donation. Some people do make donations. Like uh, this wonderful individual. You know who she is. Lisa Durig. Lisa from Finland. Lisa has been a, a longtime OG supporter. She bought me coffees, which you can do off the weirdafnews.com website. Uh, she bought me some coffees and then wrote a little message with it. It says, Jonesy, you made me laugh this morning by somehow triggering my Google Home to search the web for that lady that tried to buy a child at Walmart. I have never seen that. Something playing on my Google Google Home could actually trigger the device by itself. The rest of today's podcast was also exceptional. Just leave the corpse there in the post office and run. Thanks for all the laughs every morning. You are awesome. You're awesome, Lisa, from Finland, her whole family. Superb people. They've been listening and fans of the show for a number of years now. Lisa's bought me many a coffee, by the way, off of my website, weirdafnews.com. So grateful. Lisa has kept me so caffeinated, it's ridiculous. Thank you, Lisa, for keeping me caffeinated. I mean, we're taking years off my life here, but who cares? Those are crappy years where I'm not going to be able to get an erection, probably can't hear or see. I'm, I'm going to be drooling in my coffee cup is what's going on. I'll be so blind that I won't even know that I, I'm not drinking coffee. Someone's going to give me decaf and I'll be so old and unaware that I won't even realize it's decaf. How sad is that? Who wants to live then? Hell with that. I say caffeinate me now and I don't want to live past 85. I feel like that's not a, there's nothing rewarding happening after 85 really. What's going on at 80, after 85 that's rewarding? Your enemies die off? Okay, sure. That's pretty cool. When your enemies die, you like, you read the paper. (laughs) That's right, Marvin. (laughs) Read the paper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there will be papers when I'm 85. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys want to support the show. All right, I'm out of my mind. I got to go. Okay, bye.